It is Friday, October 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 4 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, FanDuel side, cash QB, what are you playing? Uh, Josh Allen for me, 8500 bucks. I'm obviously home for Houston. Uh, Buffalo, 32-point implied, implied total. In Buffalo's last 19 games dating back to the start of last season, Josh Allen has accounted for 79% of the Bills' offensive touchdowns, uh, 53 of their 67 scores. So, you know, if Buffalo's going to score four or five times on Sunday, and I think they will, you know, Allen's going to get three or four of those. And and I'm, I'm not worried about Buffalo going run heavy, even with positive games here, because they just don't go run heavy. So Allen's just super safe to me. Yeah, Buffalo going run heavy is no longer a thing. So uh, don't worry about it. If they score points, Josh Allen's going to be involved. It's easier to pay up for a cash QB over here. So I'm doing that as well. I like Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson at 7,700. I like Matthew Stafford at 7,800. We'll see when I'm building lineups if my build allows me to go higher than that. Um, but I think this trio gives me just as much upside as the guys that are a little bit more expensive. All three of these quarterbacks are involved in the top four over-under games for the week. Wilson probably seems a little bit less obvious than either Dak or Matthew Stafford, but the Niners have allowed all three QBs they've faced so far to top 20 fantasy points. It's Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts, and then Aaron Rodgers most recently. Russ is coming off a meh game last week, but the Seahawks scored 28 and 30 points the two games before that. So I'm not worried about him in general. Yep. Like that play. Um, I, you know, I, I think in tournaments, I'm going to have a pretty like tight core at quarterback for me. It's just going to be Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, you know, Mahomes 8,700 bucks more expensive than Josh Allen. So I, that, that's going to keep his ownership down. Um, and you know, Mahomes is always capable of going for 30. Um, and then Dak, I, I like the price at 7,700 bucks at home. Um, Dallas has the fourth highest implied total on the week. So, you know, Carolina's defense has been good so far, but Vegas is not scared of the matchup. Um, Carolina just lost first round rookie corner, JC Horn. So that's going to hurt the pass defense. I'll, I'll just bet on CD lamb and Amari Cooper making enough plays to, you know, carry Dak to a nice fantasy game. Yeah. And if the Carolina defense is for real, I think it's much more likely that they contain the Dallas run game than the pass game. I'm not worried about them shutting down Dak Prescott in these wideouts. Agreed. I also want to throw in Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, who appear to be going low on this week, and probably because of all the quarterbacks we've mentioned so far. 4.5% projected ownership for Russell Wilson, 3.6% for DK Metcalf. Well, I'll be curious to see if that holds up into yeah. Sunday morning. Um, but if it does, I'm definitely going to target this duo for all the upside that we all know that they have. And I mentioned it on the DraftKings side, but DK Metcalf put up a monster game his first meeting with the Niners last year. The Tyler Lockett injury could even shift more targets toward Metcalf in this game. So I think there's plenty of upside to support them and the low ownership just makes them all the more attractive. I also like running back Debo Samuel at 6,900 bucks. It's not sneaky, but he's just eighth in projected ownership. So it's not a chalky pick. And the 6,900, I think is still low for somebody who's been operating as the clear number one. I mean, we'll see mm -hmm. if Brandon Ayuk gets closer to that this week, but it hasn't been so far. So I'm not worried about Ayuk 
chipping away at Debo Samuel this week. And of course, if Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf hit their ultimate ceiling, I think we're going to see more passing volume overall for San Francisco. And the Niners have George Kittle dealing with a calf injury, which is pushing me away from him. And I think making the wide receivers even that much better plays. Yeah, it's a good point about Kittle. Um, and I, I'm on I'm on Ayuk more um, as the as the kind of you know, run back with Metcalf. I love the Metcalf play. Um, Ayuk fifty seven hundred bucks on Fanduel. I, I think he's worth a shot. He's only projected at three percent ownership. Mm-hmm. Cash running back. What do you like? And uh, Jonathan Taylor pops as a value here at sixty six hundred bucks. It feels trappy to me. I mean, he's he, his floor is just low because you know he he doesn't have that passing game role. I, I like the matchup here against Miami. He should have rushing volume, but, you know, again, there's the passing game concerns. There's offensive line concerns. Quentin Nelson is out of this game. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll end up playing Taylor in cash on FanDuel. I do like Zeke Elliott at 7000 bucks on FanDuel. Um, you know, he, he's – even with Pollard doing what he's been doing, um, you know, Zeke is getting RB1 usage. So, 70, 70 or 7000 bucks as a, you know, big home favorite with a nice implied total. It feels like a, a good price for Zeke. Yeah, I agree. I have Zeke Elliott first down here at 7K as well. I mean, like we've said multiple times, we'll see about the Carolina defense, but even if they contain the run game, if Dallas is still moving the ball, Zeke Elliott's going to have scoring opportunities. Um, Dallas is the fourth highest implied total on the main slate. So you like the situation overall for scoring and Zeke's coming off two straight weeks of more than 16 FanDuel points. So He's scoring points after the scary week one that that got us all panicking. I agree on Jonathan Taylor as well. Cheap enough to be in consideration at 6600 bucks, but not quite safe enough to make me feel good about putting him into a cash lineup. Um, DeAndre Swift, I think at 7700 is also in play here. Certainly a bit less attractive when you're not getting full points for uh, every reception, but you're still getting a half point for every reception. DeAndre Swift is going to be heavily involved in whatever Detroit does in this game. Yeah, I'd say Swift is like appropriately priced on FanDuel. So I think he's an option. I actually like I like Aaron Jones in cash too at seventy four hundred dollars. The matchup's tough against Pittsburgh, but I think the Packers offense in general will have success against the Steelers. And you know, Jones has just been getting awesome usage with Jamal Williams gone. I do prefer Taylor on the GPP side. Um, for all the reasons we mentioned, there is touchdown regression coming. The matchup is good. Miami has allowed the second most running back points to this stage. I want to be on board when Jonathan Taylor starts his scoring because it could come in a bunch. It could come this week. There are issues, so it's not a definite. Um, you don't feel like you mm-hmm. need to play Jonathan Taylor this week, but it, things are things are set up for him to do at least okay, I think. Yeah, I mean, we, we want better than at least okay in tournaments, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to take some shots on Taylor in tournaments for, for sure. I like Daryl Henderson for tournaments as well. Um, $6,000, and there's obviously a risk coming off the rib injury. You know, Sean McVay said today that Henderson's going to play. The, the question is, does he go back to the role he was playing before the rib injury? If he does, you know, he, he's a, a smash at $6,000 in a good matchup against Arizona. So that that's kind of the gamble you're taking in tournaments. You know, even if his role is reduced, even if he gets you know two-thirds of the running back work, he could still pay off his price tag. But if he is getting feature, feature back usage again, um, you know, he, he's a good bet to return big value at $6,000. Mm-hmm. Certainly on the if then statement, there's there's upside. It scares me to play him with a rib injury going into the game, but you know the upside is definitely there, and his ownership should be down. Derrick Henry at ten thousand two hundred dollars on Fanduel. What are we doing with him? I mean, it's Fanduel. It's it's. I wouldn't say it's easy to fit him in, but you definitely can, and you don't you know feel like crap about the rest of your lineup. Um, so 
Uh, if I'm making like one tournament lineup, I probably wouldn't end up playing Henry. But if you're, you know, playing 10 or more, I think you definitely want to mix him in because he, he could easily, you know, be the running back you have to have to win tournaments this week. Yeah, especially without full uh, PPR scoring. I think you yeah. got to have some Derrick Henry involved. And for what it's worth, I would rather go up to Henry at 10 2 than play Dalvin Cook at 9,000 with his injury. Yep. Uh, Alvin Kamara is also at the same price as Dalvin Cook, I believe, over here. I would rather play Kamara than Dalvin Cook. And I'd rather go down to Aaron Jones than uh, play mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook this week. Yeah, to me, to me, it's either Henry or going down to that that Jones territory. I want to say, too, Tony Pollard is a little bit interesting at 5600 bucks. It's a little close to Daryl Henderson, but, I mean, he's been getting – enough usage to have upside. He's getting Kareem Hunt type usage. Uh, and if the Carolina defense is for real and shuts down Zeke Elliott, maybe Tony Pollard is a matchup beater. If Dallas has trouble in other areas, maybe Tony Pollard is somebody that Carolina doesn't have an answer for. And overall, it's just, Matt, it's pieces of the Dallas offense. And honestly, yeah. Tony Pollard's one of those that I make a case for when I'm putting <laughs> down notes. And when I'm setting lineups, I don't ultimately probably use him. But I don't know. He was interesting enough for me to feel like I, I maybe I should mention yeah, I, I don't make enough lineups to get to someone like Pollard. To me, he's not discounted enough to, to use him. That's me too. Wide receiver for cash, what do you like, Jared? It's interesting. I, you know, I was looking at our dollars per point rankings at wide receiver. Our, our top nine values are, are all $7,100 or more. So there's no like strong, cheap wide receiver plays. There, there is one, I guess. It's Odell Beckham to me. $6,600. Um, just for the UCG got in his first game back, 29% of Cleveland's targets. I think he's going to be there most games until Jarvis Landry returns um, matchups good too against Minnesota. So I like OBJ in cash and then I like Devonta Adams in cash too. $8,100. I think he's actually underpriced there. Um, you know, I obviously had the disappointing week one, but he has 27 targets over the last two weeks, 20 catches. Um, and the Steelers pasty has not been good. They're 23rd in football outsiders DVOA against the pass. And they're also 22nd in coverage against number one wide receiver. So, you know, all the pieces are there for another big Devonta Adams game. And they're sixth in run defense DVOA, so they look like a pass-funnel defense. And Green Bay seems like the kind of team that recognizes stuff like that and gears the game plan toward what they're facing in that area. I agree. There are lots of options at wide receiver up in that range. So if you need somebody to help fit the salary, I think Corey Davis is in play for cash at 5700 bucks. He's not the clear number one wide receiver because he only has one more target than Braxton Berrios so far, but... <laughs> I would still call Corey Davis the odds-on favorite to lead the Jets in targets in this game. He's seen solid 21% target share to this point, 7, 5, and 10 targets in his three games. And he's priced at a level that's not going to kill you if he doesn't pay off, if he just gives you five or six points this week. The Titans are 28th in overall defensive DVOA. So it is a spot where uh, Corey Davis could do some stuff with what he gets. And if the Jets fall behind, there's more passing volume. I'm not sure I am willing to bet on Tennessee – getting way ahead in this one unless they get turnovers and just like Derrick Henry scores every time he touches the ball. Yeah. No Elijah Moore this week either for the Jets. So that opens up some more targets for Corey Davis, but Jamison Crowder back. So we'll see what that means. If anything, it didn't mean anything in the preseason when it was 800 (laughs) targets for Corey Davis and two for Jamison Crowder. All right. Those are exact numbers, by the way, GPP side. What do you like it wide out? So I mentioned Brandon Ayuk. I do like him at 5,700 bucks. And the other, other guy, I'm going to go back to Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, I, I was all over Buffalo's passing game last week. Unfortunately, I, I had Diggs in all those Josh Allen lineups, which, you know, prevented me from getting to the top of tournaments. Um, but I, I'm going to go back to Diggs at 8,000 bucks. Um, projected to just 8% ownership. Again, the Bills should put up 40 points 
in this game. That probably means, you know, three, four passing touchdowns for Josh Allen. Uh, and all the usage you want to see from Stefan Diggs has been there. He's eighth in targets. He's third in air yards. He's even sixth among wide receivers in end zone targets. So he's had touchdown opportunities. So a big, a big game is coming and, you know, home for Houston is, is probably, you know, about the, about a, the best time you can ask for it to come. Yeah. He caught my eye with the single digit ownership this week. I think it's just going to be easy for him to get lost a little bit at wide receiver this week. Cause there are so many high end options, but if the bills are scoring points, it's more often than not going to be involving Stefan Diggs. Yep. If Terry McLaurin, remains in the mid single digits in projected ownership come Sunday morning, then I'm going to be ready to fire him up. He's fifth in our FanDuel dollars per point rankings right now. I think he's in play for cash as well because of that. The price is good. I believe it's 7,100 on FanDuel. There's no Tredavious White in Atlanta. And even against White in the Bills last week, McLaurin was fine. Four catches, 62 yards, seven targets. We would certainly like more than that. I definitely think there is upside to get more than that. We saw that the week before against the Giants when he got 14 targets from Taylor Heineke and caught 11. So I think there's plenty of upside. I think there's decent floor here. I'm surprised that Terry McLaurin doesn't have a higher projected ownership level right now. Yeah, me too. And just to skip ahead, I like a McLaurin-Kyle Pitts little game stack. Um, I, I think that, that Washington-Atlanta game could, could be a sneaky shootout. I don't want to have too many players in that game. That game could be a stinky shootout too. Could, it definitely could go either way. <laughs> Tight end, we like for cash. Um, Travis Kelsey, as usual on FanDuel, pops as the top dollars per point play. And we've talked about it. The gap between him and the other guys isn't as big here. So try to get Kelsey in your cash lineup. If you need to save money, I think TJ Hawkinson is still in play despite last week's dud. I mean, you, you just you got to stick with a guy, get in the type of usage he's gotten, even despite that down game last week. So he's 6,600 bucks. And then if you need to go cheaper, I like Logan Thomas at 5,800 bucks. Um, a guy I don't play often, but he's just so consistent. Like, He's not going to win you tournaments. Like, I don't like him in tournaments. He just hasn't really shown a ceiling. But he's good for four or five catches every game. I think he's a decent touchdown bet in this matchup. Um, so, you know, he's he, he's not going to kill you in cash games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. I think TJ Hawkinson is an option as well if you need the $1,600 extra dollars in salary. Not a good one for him last week, but I think more often than not, TJ Hawkinson is going to be solid. And there's nothing scary in either the Eagles or Bears defenses for that tight end matchup. Uh, the Bears haven't given up anything big to tight end numbers to tight end so far, but they did allow five for 68 to Tyler Higby on six targets in week one touchdown to Austin Hooper last week. You go below that. And there are just multiple options, such as the guys you named on the GPP side. What do you like for tight end? Yeah, it's pits for me. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's fifth among tight ends in our expected fantasy points model. So, you know, he, he's getting all the usage. He just needs Matt Ryan to, you know, stop sucking, you know, give him the ball. Um, and again, the, the matchup's good here as well. Washington 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, betting on that old football player to rebound is always a, a good bet to make. <laughs> Noah Fant, I think, is intriguing at 5,700 bucks. The Ravens have allowed more PPR points to tight ends than any other team has so far. Now, granted, they have played, they started off the season with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, but both of those guys went over 100 yards. So it wasn't just like they produced, they produced big time against the Ravens. TJ Hawkinson only had two catches against Baltimore last week. He only got two targets. I haven't watched that game back to see if they were just all over him in coverage or if it was just a lack of opportunity and that's how the game went. Either way, Noah Fant has, within his range of outcomes here, the potential to lead the Broncos in targets. So I think at 5,700 in a tournament lineup, I'm willing to take a shot on that. Like it. Defense, what do you like? Uh, the Packers stuck out to me at 4,200 bucks. 
just attacking Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Chase Claypool, I, I don't think he's going to play. And he popped up on injury report Thursday and then did not practice on Friday. So, like, any threat of a downfield passing game is gone for Pittsburgh now. It's just going to make it easier on the Packers' defense. Yeah, I agree. I would like to get up to the Packers at 4,200, especially since their ownership is not going to be in the double digits. It looks like I think a sneaky one is the Broncos at 4,200, same price at home against Baltimore. The Ravens have actually been a positive scoring matchup for fantasy defenses so far this season. Then if you're looking down in the, in the cheaper range, um, the Jets, Seattle, both interesting because of their low salaries, 3000 for the Jets against Tennessee, 3300 for Seattle against Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is the case for the Seattle defense. Both of those defenses also look like they're going to be at a higher own rate because of those low salaries though. So I'd throw in the giants as well as a, a sneakier, cheaper defense in a matchup with Jameis Winston. Yeah. I had the giants down as a tournament play. Um, I also like both sides of that Washington Atlanta game. I think there's just takeaway upside with both of those quarterbacks. Then I think the Rams are sneaky too at 3,800 bucks. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray's been awesome. They've been putting a lot of points on the board, but Kyler Murray also has four interceptions already. He's taken five sacks, and, you know, we know there's plenty of talent on that Rams defense, and, you know, it's going to be a game where Kyler's probably going to have to, you know, drop back 40-plus times. You know, that that's that just gives you the upside. So even if the Rams give up 24 points, you know, they, they could have a good fantasy day here. Yeah, I was looking at them as well. I'm also looking at Miami at 4,000 against the Colts at home. Mentioned it on the Thursday podcast. They have been the lowest variance defense in the league so far in performance, according to Football Outsiders. And now they get Carson Wentz on two bad ankles without his top O-lineman. I mean, there's definite upside to that. Just don't play them in the lineup where you have Jonathan Taylor. Right. Miami has a takeaway in like what it's like 20 straight games or something too, which now that I mention it, they, they're not going to get one this week. Yeah. Way to jinx it. <laughs> well, that seems like a good place to end our week four FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com Now you can get more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks for FanDuel. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. And then play around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do just that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for swimming with us.